Welcome. I'm Anna Ginger, your host of The Anna Ginger Show. I'm an international adoptee who has experienced the pain of rejection and the peace that comes with self-discovery and acceptance. Along the way, I've discovered that I'm not alone. In some ways, we are all adopted into or out of homes, cultures, communities, and relationships as we grow and evolve. These experiences create who we are and who we are yet to be. So let's discover how we can be and become our best selves by connecting to the guest and creative content cradled in the belief that we belong, that we are worthy, and that we are loved in this world. So stay tuned, and you may discover your own adoption story. So we're going to do things a little bit different for this episode. We're going to set the stage for what promises to be an amazing conversation with the power of words. But before any formal introductions, I'm going to take a moment to acknowledge the extraordinary creativity of our talented poet, Susan Neal, who has crafted a special poem for our show's superstar social media manager. Um, So Susan, if you please introduce your poem and share your words. Thank you. Um, this poem is called Wisconsin Ballet Academy, and, um, I wanted to explain one of the words is a bit of ballet vocabulary. It's a tendu, T-E-N-D-U, and it means stretched tight and graceful. Wisconsin Ballet Academy. This story, the teacher says, is about a swan. Imagine yourself a swan upon a river, floating. Imagine yourself a feather. The girl sweeps her foot across the water. A firm hand grasps her shoulder, turns her back to face the bar. In unison, the voice reminds. Each signet, one small pearl along a string. So soothing to be smoothed to an ideal, to work her own rough edges off, to hone her mind away from half-read stories grabbed from grocery magazines, to tape her feet and push up onto toes, to dance, that dances everything, that years pass in the wood grain of this room. The young dancers of Waukesha, Wisconsin, Don't dream Madame McLeod once leapt across Chicago's stages, toured the country gowned in fireflies, flew to New York to dance with Elton John. For now, that's through. For now, the girl's a swan, not a feather in a windstorm, her life unfolding in an ordered line, taut and graceful, disciplined, so thank you so much for starting our show, our episode with that poem. And that's how I'd like to have you introduce yourself now and then share why, how and why you wrote this poem for Linnea, who is our special guest for this episode. Okay. Um, I'm Susan Neal. I'm a writer and editor. I work for Ohio State University. And um, I am also a poet and a writer of stories. And um, I met Linnea and got talking with her. 
And she told me, we have a lot in common. We're both journalists. We both seek out people's stories. And we, we talked a lot about how to tell a story authentically, how to get the real story as we see it out of talking to someone. And one of the things Linnea did was go interview the ballet instructor she'd had for years and years growing up and find out all of these wonderful things about her that she never knew. You know that, um, is it Nancy McLeod? Yeah, so I don't know if she went by Madame McLeod in the class, but I couldn't resist that. So, you know, um, she had danced at Carnegie Hall with Elton John and like held onto his arm and she had toured the country with Disney on parade and worn like this huge dress that lit up and, you know, had to dance in a Marie Antoinette wig and just all these wonderful stories that you don't know these things about people. And so that's that's kind of was the germ of the poem. And Lenea, you just heard the poem, and I'm just going to ask you to introduce yourself to the listeners who might not know the amazing work that you're doing to be able to um, showcase the stories and the interviews and the guests through our social media uh, posts. But who are you, Linnea? Yeah, so I do all of the social media for the Anna Ginger Show. I started, it was an internship uh, last year, my sophomore year of high or sorry of college, and it's I've just stuck with it since, and it's it's really just become a a, a side passion that I I'm really invested in and that I really care about. Uh, and I also just want to say I got chills hearing that poem read out loud. I am just so in awe of Susan's talent and. I just that was that is such an incredibly written, beautiful poem. I love that. And Linnea, so you know, as we were creating this show and thinking about like not only sharing adoption and foster care stories, but how do we connect that to these artistic expressions to think about our stories in new ways to be able to have conversations that bring us together, that connect us in ways that we we might not have imagined if had it not been for a poem or a song or a visual. Uh, piece of art. Um, And so when you and Susan had the conversation about um, Susan learning your story, what kind of things did you share with Susan? I, well, we actually, we had, um, we had a discussion on, uh, actually very insightful discussion on Latin and Germanic roots, which was really interesting. I actually learned about, Um, and we talked about finding, finding words in someone's story that are identifiable, that we can connect with and that we can relate to. And so I think uh, for an example, uh, as she mentioned Tandu in that story and connecting that not only to the stretch, but this stretch of this accomplished dancer's life and also uh, you know, th- how she influenced my life in that stretch of time and uh, just seeing everything in this orderly line. We discussed um, how through having this chance to tell other people's stories, you have an excuse to kind of ask questions and be nosy and, uh, you know, hear stories that otherwise you may not have the opportunity to hear. And oftentimes, regardless who I'm hearing the story from or who I'm talking to or interviewing, I it's always insightful and I always learn a lot. And it's always something that I can connect to myself and my own story. 
Yeah, so you guys had this uh, conversation, and then Susan writes his poem. And Susan, talk a little bit about how when you heard Linnea's story and the process of writing this poem, knowing that you would be presenting this today in this episode, what was the process like for you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, The process is that I had an idea for the poem, and I sat down to write it, and immediately the poem had other plans for me and became what it wanted to be. Um, I had Linnea told me this wonderful story that when she was little, she would go to the grocery store and pull all the magazines down off the rack at, at the cash register and sit on the floor in a pile reading all these magazines. And I just don't know how she didn't get run out of the grocery store. But uh, <laughs> but I loved that image and I loved that story. And I was trying to write a poem about you know, the the people in the grocery store are carrying boxes full of things, and there's things on the shelf, and, you know, like people containing stories. And boy, that that poem was not happening. So I had to just listen to what it wanted to say. But if you look, um, the, the grocery store magazine still made it into the poem. Yes. Yeah. And so as you thought about Linnea's story and her connection to um, the show, what what did you think, Susan? Well, we got talking a lot about stories um, and the idea that you don't know somebody's story unless you ask them. And then I started thinking, well, if you're adopted, you don't know your own story and you might not know who to ask. And then if you go in that process of discovery and you do find your birth parents, then like you don't know their stories. So... um, it's it's another it's almost like journalism. You're looking into the story that you don't know and trying to find the authentic one. Yeah, I love I love that so much. And another thing I think about when I think about Linnea's connection and now your connection, Susan, to the show, is that um, one of the things that Linnea does on Friday is she does a spotlights a pet adoption story. And so I think all the things that come into the show are connected to the things that I care about. So for many of those who know and love me, I I have a dog named Floyd that I got (laughs) when I was in England, and Floyd looked at me, and I just remember that connection where I held him for about 20 minutes, and the woman that um, I said, I don't know what to do, and she said, your dog will pick you. And Fran was right, because Floyd just like sat there in my arms to the point where my arm cramped up. But I knew that he was my my dog and the um, this little furry family creature that has been part of my life for almost eight years now. And what he has done to open up my heart and ways that he has been with me through good times and bad times, and I just love that dog. Um, and so I think about pet adoption stories and how that's important to me. And Linnea does such a good job of honoring those kind of stories connected to adoption. And this poem connected to um, dance. And when you talked about that, that last line, taught and graceful discipline can do. Mm-hmm. So I used to work for a modern dance company in Dayton, the Dayton Contemporary Dance Company. And one of the dance terms I loved was relevé. That's where you stand on your tippy toes and you look out. And I think about this show in that same way with the taut and graceful discipline tendu and the relevé of standing on our tippy toes to look and stretch ourselves to be able to learn about our stories. And you did that in such a brilliant way, the collaboration between you, Linnea, telling your story, and Susan creating that poem in such an absolutely beautiful way. So thank you both for that. Well, thank you. Well, I'm, we're going to go back to the poem about this, but I wanted to ask Linnea, 
So you said yes to this project as an intern, which makes sense to some extent because you get credit for this and you were able to develop your skill set and to be, I, always, I think I told you in the beginning, you get to be brave and fail with this because mm-hmm. we're just going to experiment and see what works. But beyond that, you said yes to this project even after the internship was over. And you talked a little bit about it, but why, why yes to this project? Well, initially, it, it truly was, and I'm not saying this to suck up, but I remember <laughs> I was I was so we were connected through um, one of my professors, Dr. Aaron Kim Cho, who is a head of communications here, and I really respect and admire her as a comms professional. And this was something that she was really excited about, and that she saw a lot of potential in. And then as soon as I uh, I think it was a phone call. Um, but we we had a discussion and you just you reiterated what you just said about your willingness to you know try new things and how really it's open-ended for us to do whatever we want and that we really could have fun with it. And I've just found that to be the case. Uh, I, I really enjoy uh, the connections that I've been able to make through this show. I've met a lot of really cool people, granted through a screen, but nevertheless, I've, I've really been able to make a lot of connections. And then it also has been really rewarding in the sense that I get to hear all of these stories. And I feel in a way that I can amplify these stories and make sure that they're heard. And as well as that, it also just, it's a, an outlet to express some creativity. I get to have some fun with the posts. And so it's just, all in all, it's, it's, really just been enjoyable. And it's, I've just found it to be very rewarding. Oh, I appreciate that. And I love that so much. And you've come um, very close in my heart. And I just appreciate and um, value your talents that you bring and just love your spirit so much. And that's why I love Susan's poem, because I feel like it does such a great job of capturing the spirit of um, you and your creativity and the beauty and just um, the remarkable human being that you are. And so I was going to ask Susan, too. So this whole thing about creativity and one of the things that I talk about in the intro is about how I, I truly do believe that we all experience adoption, that there are so many components of adoption that all of us experience, maybe not in the same way of, like you were saying, I may not know my origin story. I may not know who my biological um, parents are, but but those connections of like f- trying to figure out who am I, who makes my family. Susan, you will be. I hope you don't mind me saying this. We can. You'll be getting married in the next couple of weeks too, and that brings into a different kind of adoption of like who your partner is, your life partner, and your those family members. So for you, how do you feel that? And you can argue with me. Let's argue. Um, <laughs> do you think that we all experience adoption? Um, I mean, absolutely, you know. Um, and then also not, because in a way, uh, strictly speaking, I think that, you know, the adoption experience is unique because you don't know part of your past. And, and um I was sharing with you earlier that my my father died when I was young, so I wasn't adopted, but I I don't have him here. I didn't have him around most of my life to ask questions like, well, what did you do when you were my age and things like that. It's just a different experience. Um, But yes, we are always um, 
finding new families, taking on new roles, um, bringing new people into our lives that are strange and different. We have an image of who somebody is when we bring them into our lives, and then it takes a while to find out if we got that right or who they really are, you know. So, um, yeah, life is all about creating new bonds and um, rolling with them. Yeah, and as an artist, as a writer, and taking all of those experiences, how do you think that influences who you are as a writer? How do I think uh, being perpetually adopting new situations? Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, a lot of writing is this wonderful game where you get to pretend you're somebody else and imagine a life for them. And uh, how great is it to get to pretend to be many, many different people? Um, Poetry, too, can be a total fictional person you made up. some of the best poems I've written, people will come and say, I can't believe you went through that. And I'll say, I didn't. I made it up. It's fiction. you know. But if you get the experience right, if the words speak a truth of emotion, people believe it is real. And this is true for fiction, too. And the good stories that I've written, people will come to me and say, this happened to you, didn't it? And I go, no. <laughs> um, so... Not that I, I mean, I do use parts of my own life too in writing, but um, the idea is I am often imagining what it's like to be someone else or someone that I invented to fit into a story. And um, I think that gives me some empathy for other people. It, It begins with looking at someone you don't know and saying, what are they really like? What do they do when they go home? Who do they call up when they're sad? You know, what, what is going on in another person's life? Well, and I imagine that you're able to, to stretch that empathetic muscle by tapping into, even though you might not know someone else's story or you're making something up, but you're able to tap into those emotions of what does it feel to be broken or to be lost or mm-hmm. to feel jealous or to feel... Um, love and joy, all those emotions you're able to tap into to create this fictional story and characters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What also I think was like this show is that we're inviting people and listeners to step in to listen to somebody else's story and just to be curious to think, what would it be like to not know who your biological family is? Or if I were to be able to find out some aspect of my life that I didn't know that is pretty fundamental to how I view and operate in this world, what would that be like? And to be able to ask those questions and come back and say, hmm, I might not have had that experience, but I can understand um, someone other's point of view when they come and talk to me about this, that I might be able to be a little more empathetic. And that's what I think the power of creativity and about writing and about these experiences help us to be able to think, well, what would it be like? Mm-hmm. And for you, Linnea, as you have been um, interacting with these stories, either to be able to promote them or, and wrestle with it, to think about like, ooh, how am I going to tell like t- this week's episode Joy's story to think about how she uses empathy as her superhero power, then you're able to come up with ways to think, how do I get others interested in what we have to say on this show. So I imagine you're you're um, flexing your empathetic and storytelling muscle. That- <laughs> well, 
I I do think a, a lot of their stories do speak for themselves. You know, I all really all I have to do, and and I mean, granted, a, a lot of the credit of that writing and uh, intriguing listeners, I I would give to you. Uh, but I, I really do think even just a brief explanation of who they are and what they are there to talk about, that's enough. You know, these, these people really um, have very, very interesting things to say. Yeah, and as you've learned about these adoption stories, how do you think this has impacted your thoughts about the adoption process and um, the experience of adoption and or foster care, Linnea? I... I think I mean it has number one developed so much just my concepts of uh, family and and parenthood and how different that looks to everyone and uh, you know and love and where that plays into that and uh, how we have to life is a combination of a pre-existing family and found family and the people that you choose. Uh, and the groups that you're adopted into. And I've just, so on one side, it's just been enlightening because I feel like I've seen all these variations of, you know, what family can look like and how that changes throughout a person's life. But then on the other hand, I, I think we talked about this briefly in the other interview maybe, but I was really only familiar with the, you know, cookie cutter, happy uh, adoption stories where everything, you know, basically that shies away from a lot of the hurt that adoptees deal with and that search for identity that uh, many people experience. And so I just, I feel like I've seen all these sides that normally I would not have the opportunity to get insight into. And as you interact with other students on the Grandview campus, knowing that you had to deal with some kind of uh, social isolation during uh, COVID time, but as do you think that has changed the way that you approach interactions with other students and strangers? I, I actually, I would, I don't think it has changed the way I interact with people. I, I do try and just treat the people I come across as gently as possible. That's how I would like to be treated by them. Uh, And I'm, you know, I try to stay aware of the fact that I don't know their story and that uh, they're only sharing the parts that they choose to share with me. And I, so I think while being a part of this project has made me more aware, I I do try to, act that way regardless. Yeah, absolutely. And so that was kind of a stupid question just because I know from their first introductory uh, conversation that you have the type of personality and the way that you are raised or however you interact with the world is with kindness and curiosity and compassion. And that's just how you operate. And Susan's the same way. I've been meeting her just briefly, you know, as I moved to Athens, Ohio and learning um, and being introduced to other people people and Susan I remember we were at where were we oh little fish little fish little fish and I was like you just sat next to me and we just struck up this conversation and I thought who is this cool looking woman that's got this artistic aura about her and then I was not surprised at all to find out that you're a writer but I think um, Susan as you think about 
your own experiences and this next chapter in your life, which is a big one. And yet at the same time, just stepping into what you know is going to be, um, you know, the relationship that has been uh, meaningful to you. How do you think that is going to change as you move to 18 days from now? (laughs) (laughs) How is life going to change? Um... Yeah, I think that belonging is really important to me. It's probably important to everyone. Um, But, you know, when you're my age and you're getting married, you're kind of like, why are we doing this? Well, we're doing this because we want to show that we are a family, which is what we've become. And um, I'm really... I really enjoy his family. He really enjoys my family. We kind of want to get everybody acquainted and say, hey, we are all in this together and we're here for you and we're going to be supportive for you. And, you know, we appreciate your support support of us. So um, it's kind of a nice way of saying all those things out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I loved when we were walking over here talking about how you want this to be a celebration of what is to make it very relaxing and since it's going to be a time where we all gather together for a holiday anyway, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to lean into the holiday that is about gratitude and about being able to to step back and be able to enjoy each other's company with some turkey, pumpkin pie, and cranberry (laughs) sauce kind of thing. And a little wedding cake, yeah. And a little wedding cake. I love that. more dessert. More dessert. The more (laughs) dessert, the better. And those two families coming together, that is a, that's a lot like adoption as well, bringing these people that are that might have been strangers at one time together to say we are family. And mm-hmm. I know for my own experience being married to Pete um, and he, him having twin daughters, and he and his ex-wife have done an amazing job of raising these two beautiful, wonderful, kind human beings. And I am just so honored when Sophie will say, so we like to get the parents together. And so, Anna, when you come to the house and I'm like, who's the parent? Oh, my God, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) And I just that just makes my heart so happy to be included in the family that I never knew existed. And I'm now part of it just makes you feel like I belong, which you were talking about how we all want to feel like we belong to somebody and to each other. And I think that this poem does that, too. I think that you and Linnea will be connected by a poem titled Wisconsin Ballet Academy, where you're able to not know each other and come together to be able to have, as Dean Shaftel says at the College of Fine Arts, this creative collision here about how are we connected together um, when she's Linnea's in Iowa and you're here in Ohio and we're still able to connect. So a heartfelt thanks to Linnea for sharing your story and talents with us, as always, and Susan for writing and reading the poem connected to this show's guest and theme. A thank you to Adam Rich with WOUB for engineering and editing today's program. Our subject matter expert is Dr. Melissa Rizzo, and our storytelling consultant is Zoe Lambert. Our creative and eating, editing, not eating, editing team includes Maddie, Linnea, Audrey, Jacob, Caitlin, Maggie, and Mark. And our music producer is Nick Kazernas, who has been writing genre-twisting songs for over 30 years, including this show's theme song, Way to Me. And I am your host, Anna Ginja, signing off with a reminder that the key to unlocking all things good in this world is love. Here, you are loved and you are home. 
always a friend and fan, this is Anna Ginger wishing you days filled with love, laughter, and peace. Thank you.